0: Well, good morning everyone. Welcome to First Light South Portland Church. I'm Pastor AJ. Uh, before we dive in today, I've got a couple quick announcements for you. If, if you're new here, if it's your first time here, first time here in a while, um, we have these visitor cards that are located in all of the pews. They're kind of blue. If you would be kind enough to give us kind of your name, your email information, we would love uh, to be able to connect with you, get to know more about you, put you on our weekly email list so you can know some of the fabulous things happening around here like these two announcements. Um, First and foremost, if you are a FUSE student, middle school, high school, young adult age, we are having our FUSE Super Bowl party tonight at 6 p.m. at my house. Uh, There's gonna be pizza, wings, all that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for a place for the Super Bowl, FUSE students and your families, you are welcome to come to that event tonight. Um, Also wanted to let you know, again, our Easter egg hunt is gonna be coming up pretty quick. It's gonna be Saturday, March 30th. We're partnering with the South Portland Police Department, and we would love your help with that. Some ways you can help are, first and foremost, uh, where is Millie Axelson? Is she here today? Millie's in the back, so Millie's right there. Um, If you can connect with Millie if you're interested in serving, um, whether it's stuffing eggs or being a part on the day of the event, uh, chat with her. She would love to talk with you. Um, you can also talk to Becca Darling, but she's going to be on vacation for a few weeks. So Millie's your contact person. Um, also, you can bring in candy. We have a basket out in the foyer, a tote that you can bring in, fun-sized candy to, for us to be able to stuff eggs. And the third way you can help is by donations. Um, you can put a donation in the offering box in the back or online by clicking on giving and going down to Children's Ministry Egg Hunt. Our goal is to raise, it's going to be about $5,000 to put on this event with about 1,000 kids, 20,000 eggs. And so we're trying to come up with probably about half of that to partner with the police department. And so far, we've raised about $800 in the last couple weeks. So that's awesome. So we're well on our way. So I want to applaud you guys for that. Great job. But you can continue to give for the next six weeks leading up to that event as an offering. Now, today we're continuing in our brand new series on the topic of love and relationships called man versus wife. And we just thought that these five weeks around Valentine's Day was just a great time to look at this topic of relationships. And whether you're here today and you're married or whether you're here today and you're a single person, the great news for you is that the Bible has some incredible things to teach us on the topic of love and relationships. And if it's your first time here today, or again, your first time maybe back to church in a while, we're so glad you're here. You can get caught up on the previous week that we started the series last week by going to our YouTube page at First Light South Portland Church, or you can go to our website at www.firstlight.love. But let me give you a quick recap of what we discussed before we dive into today's message. Last week, our bottom line was simply this, that my marriage or future marriage will go beyond my wildest dreams when I stop focusing on my rights and I start focusing on my responsibilities. And we discovered that marriage can sometimes be a fight. But it's so easy in marriage or in any relationship, it's so easy to choose to fight in the relationship and argue and fight about our rights and our demands rather than fight for a relationship and look at our responsibility in that relationship. We also saw that Jesus set the example by humbling himself to a place um, that was not a place any of us would want to go. He humbled himself to the cross and God elevated him to a place beyond our wildest dreams. And so we ended last week by saying that if you want to see your relationships go to a place beyond your wildest dreams, then start to live like Jesus. Take the form of a servant Focus on your responsibility in that relationship and look in the mirror at how you can be a better person rather than focusing on your rights and viewing the people around you as your enemy. Now, today is really the man sermon, okay? So this is the one especially for all of our men. And so it's about to get a little wild and crazy up in here. I just want to preface the message by saying that. I want to give you a few thoughts, though, before we really dive in today. Number one is this, for all of the wonderful women here today, your job during this message is really to sit back, chill, and relax, okay? That is your job during this message. Please no elbowing the man next to you, no amening in his ear, because first of all, he might not be your husband, and that would be rude, okay? So you don't want to do that. Secondly, even if he is your husband, that's probably going to do more harm than it is help for him to be able to hear what we're talking about today. So please, 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 I'm begging you, all of our wonderful women, don't get in a car on your way home and be like, well, the pastor told you, I've been telling you for years, you sorry excuse for a man. Please, please don't do that. Because let me tell you something. No man has ever gotten closer to Jesus because a woman he loved verbally abused him there. Okay? And maybe... Just maybe one of the reasons that God hasn't gotten to him on some of these things is because maybe you've kind of been in the way, okay? So just relax during this message. Now, men, the next two thoughts are for you. Today, we're going to be talking about biblical manhood. We're going to be talking about biblical manhood. And, and just being a man at times in our world today can be tough, let alone trying to be a man of God. So I, I want to acknowledge that what we're going to talk about today is not easy. It's not easy. But if what God calls us to do as as men is to kind of follow this and be on board with this, and and so if we want to be followers of Jesus, if we want to claim that we are godly men following Jesus, the things we're going to talk about are going to be critical. And, And if we're up for the challenge, you'll be amazed at what God will do and can do in your life and through your life. And and so I just need you to know that as your pastor, uh, everything that I'm preaching today is critical, critical stuff, but it's stuff that I have not mastered, okay? I'm not up here this morning with a big S on my chest, walking on water. That is not the case. I'm not speaking today as an expert. I'm speaking to you guys today as a fellow man walking on this journey, dealing with a lot of the same stuff that you guys are. So this message is really just some things that I've learned as I've been trying to follow God in now my 24th year of marriage, just a fellow traveler with you on this journey. But my prayer today, my prayer today is that we, as the men of this church, would be willing to rise up to the challenge, be willing to step up and truly become the men of God that he is calling us to be. So, if you have your Bible today or Bible app on your phone, go ahead and grab it and head to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to hang out a little bit in there today. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at three things today three things we're going to talk about, three commitments that I believe we have to be willing to make to our spouse if we're going to truly be what the Bible calls a man of God. And if you're here today and you're single, these are three commitments that you need to be willing to make before you even step down the aisle to marry someone. So men, bottom line for today is simply this. Can you say it with me on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three, no matter what. Come on, guys, you can do a little better than that on the count of three. One, two, three, no matter what, no matter what. We've gotta be able to look at our spouse or our future spouse, and we've gotta be able to say, no matter what. That's what we're going to talk about today. So number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Number one, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, men, we need to be willing to look at our spouse and say, no matter what you do, I love you and I always will. Let's dive into Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Paul writes this. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, can we just take a time out and stop there for a second and take a look at the church as a whole over the past 2,000 years? Because, you know, the, the one thing I think we might all be able to agree on in this room today is that the church can be a little bit crazy. Amen? It's crazy. Some of the craziest people I've ever met in my entire life have been church people, I'd be speaking somewhere. One time I spoke at the University of Maryland to a room full, of auditorium full of college students. There were about 300 students from Campus Crusade. And at the end of the message, this is kind of how it usually goes. At the end of the message, all the normal folks left. And this one dude who was a little bit awkward, he kind of walks up to me. He rolls up on me. And he starts aggressively shaking my hand. It was one of those uncomfortable handshakes where you should have let go, but you didn't let go. And so he just continues to shake my hand. And he says, Pastor, that was great. That was a great message. I really needed to hear that. I need Jesus in my life because I have a pornography addiction. And and I'm a little bit jacked up. So what I'm thinking in my mind is, did you wash your hands, sir? Like, Warn a pastor, okay? There are some crazy church people out there, not you guys, but some of the people who have said some of the meanest things to me or my family or ministries of the church in my 20 plus years as a pastor have not been atheists, has not been Satanists, but church people, in fact, every person in this room, if you've been in the church long enough, if you grew up in church world long enough, you probably have a crazy church story. And for 2,000 years, the church at times has been a little crazy. I have non-Christian friends and I meet people in the community. I've invited people to church. And many people have said to me over the years, "Well, I don't like church because it's full of hypocrites." And I'm like, "You're right. We are all jacked up people trying to follow a risen Savior. And that's why we say here at our church, there are no perfect people here. None of us have made it yet. We all have a next step to take in our walk with Jesus. But you know what? There's always room for one more. There's always room for one more. And our amazing God loves us and he's ready to meet us exactly where we are. But if you want proof that the church has been a little crazy over the years, all you have to do is look at history. Just look at history. From televangelists who were stealing money from people to the Salem witch trials, the Inquisition, the Crusades, people killed in the name of God. In fact, we don't even get out of the book of Acts in the New Testament before the church starts getting a little crazy. So Jesus, you know, he, he raises from the dead, and, and he teaches that you can't earn a relationship with God by doing something. You, you, you've got you've to gotta realize it is a free gift of grace given by God because of putting your faith in Jesus. But Jesus didn't leave the planet for like five minutes before a group of religious guys were like, Nah, grace sounds too easy. Let's make it salvation by faith in Jesus and circumcision. And to that, all the women were like, okay, and all the men crossed their legs, because that was crazy. That was right at the beginning of the church. Some of you men freak out when we talk about baptism being your next step and going public with your faith. You need to get over that, by the way. You need to sign up for baptism. But be thankful that when you go in the back, the sign-up sheet doesn't say circumcision, because that was crazy. So can we all admit this morning, the church can be a little crazy, amen? And it's crazy because all of us jacked up people are in it. That's why it's crazy. But guess what? Jesus still loves the church. 2,000 years of craziness, and the church is still God's plan. You know, companies have faded away. Companies like Blockbuster, we don't even see them anymore, right? All these companies have disappeared, have gone over the years. Nations have gone. Empires have gone. But in 2,000 years, God's church still stands. And even though we've been crazy, even though we've done things that has broken his heart, Jesus still loves his church. And he loves us, don't miss this, based on our position not our performance. He loves us based on our position, not on our performance. If it was based on our performance, we would all be toast. Instead, it's based on our position. God looks at us and he says, you are sons and daughters of the king of the universe. And that's why I love you. And that's why I choose to love you even when you've screwed up. And men... I think this is the example that we are called to follow when it comes to loving the women in our lives. We love our wife based on her position as our spouse, not on performance. Because men, we often set unrealistic expectations in life. And then when she doesn't meet them on a consistent basis, we have the tendency to talk down to her or to demean her. When at the end of the day, what we're called to do is love her like Christ loves his church. Now, women, if if you're honest this morning, maybe you can admit this today, but but you women do some crazy stuff sometimes, okay? I I talked uh, about this one time with my wife, Julie, but you'll go and try on a pair of shoes that do not fit. And you know they don't fit when you put them on your feet. You actually think to yourself, these shoes do not fit. They hurt my feet. So what do you do? You say, well, I'm going to buy them because they're cute. And then you wear them all day long, and all day long you complain what? That they don't fit and that your feet hurt, right? That's a little bit crazy. Women are beautiful and complex creations of God, but you do crazy things at times. And I know this because you all confuse yourselves sometimes. One night um, I was sitting down, we are having family dinner together, and uh, my wife Julie started tearing up, and I was like, hon, why are you crying Did you just bite your tongue or something? Like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. I just think it's because my whole family is sitting here at the dinner table together. Or maybe it's because I know that there are kids in other places in the world right now who don't get to sit down like this with their family. I just don't know. Like, you don't usually just roll up on a guy who just starts crying for no reason. If you see a guy crying and you're like, dude, why are you crying? You know, first, he's going to wipe the tear away really quick. And then he's going to be like, oh, I'm okay, I just got stabbed, but I'm all right, okay? Women, you can also be a little bit crazy about what you want and being able to communicate the things you want. Your husband or boyfriend is like, where do you want to go eat? Oh, I don't care, anywhere. Cool, cool. How about we go to Taj, get some uh, chicken curry or something like that? Oh, I don't really like Indian, it makes me gassy. How about Red Robin? Too fattening, too fattening. What about Kobe? I'm not in the mood for Asian. Well, where do you want to go then? Oh, I don't know. You just pick. Anywhere is fine. You just go ahead and pick. And guys are like, seriously? See, all the men right now are, are nodding. They're like, that's right. That's right. All the women are like, this is getting personal, Pastor. Yes, it is. So women, you all can act crazy at times. But you know what? So can us guys. So can us guys. Like the John Legend song says, you're crazy and I'm out of my mind. I think that's my wife and my theme song in life. Okay? But men, at the end of the day, You are called to love her like Christ loves his church. Jesus never walked away from his church even when we acted crazy. He never tapped out. And he loves us, again, based on our position, not our performance. We are called to love in the same way. And the women in our lives, guys, they need to know that they have permission to mess up. Our moms, our wives, our daughters, they need to know that they have permission to mess up. They're not perfect. You're not perfect. The church is not perfect. But we are called to love them no matter what. Men, one of the godliest things some of you could do today is look at her and hold her hand and say to her, no matter how crazy this relationship gets, no matter how crazy our lives might get, no matter how low we might get, no matter how much we might get into a fight or a struggle, I'm in this till the end, no matter what. I love you. I love you now. I'll always love you. That could be one of the godliest things that you do in your relationship. Number one, no matter what you do. Number two, if you're taking notes, no matter what it takes, no matter what it takes. Let's look at that passage again from Ephesians five twenty-five. Let's look at it again. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And what did he do? Gave himself up for her. He gave himself up for her. Man, we are called to literally give ourselves up for our wives. And this is not easy because every single one of us, we struggle with something. It's called selfishness. Every single one of us, we struggle with that. We're selfish. How many of you men, raise your hand, would say that the remote control is a sacred object in your home? Can I see a show of hands? Women, how many men next to you should have raised their hands? Amen. Okay, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Okay. It, it can be. Now, now, I remember I started to learn how selfish I truly was in this area, especially w- when I got married. And I had to start thinking about another person's needs and another person's wants. Like back then, Julie would wanna watch um, the series Grey's Anatomy or Dancing with the Stars or something like that, and I would complain. And she would be like, I'm sorry, um, we just spent three hours watching sports Center and professional wrestling, um, when do I get a turn? And I'm like, why well, you gotta make fun of professional wrestling? What did The Undertaker ever do to you, right? But, but then we had kids, and once we had children, we both learned how selfish we were when it came to what we wanted. Because for the past 20 years with five children, all we've gotten to watch is Dora the Explorer, Bluey, and the Wiggles. Like that's become our TV choices. And so over time, I've had to change to try to break free of my selfishness. I've watched all five Twilight movies with my wife. Men, I am not into teen vampire romance novels. I just want to point that out, okay? Every Christmas season, I watch all the Hallmark Christmas romance movies that come out. And to be honest with you guys, I might prefer to pick a colonoscopy over a Hallmark marathon, okay? I I am not into cheesy romance movies with lumberjack princes and cringy dialogue. But guess what? I'm totally into my wife. I'm totally into my wife. I love spending time with her. I love being in her presence. I love watching a movie with her where she puts her head on my shoulder and holds my hand. Those are the moments I live for. Men, you're not going to accidentally pursue your wife. Pursuit is intentional and it requires sacrifice and effort no matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. See see guys, Jesus went to the cross for his bride the church. He went to the cross. I saw some cheesy Hallmark movies. Do I really want to compare my sacrifice to Jesus? Our call as men of God is to be more like Jesus. Single guys, I I know I sometimes give you guys a hard time. I do really love you guys. Um, I was single guy for 24 years. But I'm hard on you because I want to see you unlock the full potential to be the man of God that he's calling you to be. So I'm going to challenge you with some things this morning. It is up to you, single guy, to pursue a godly wife. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Single guy, that is a direct command in Scripture that you are called to pursue her. You need to quit praying that she's gonna show up on your doorstep and go find her in a righteous and godly way because unless she works for Amazon or UPS, she's not showing up at your doorstep walk up to her, look her in the eye, and say, I don't know if you know this, but you are the most beautiful woman I've ever laid eyes on. Um, I would consider it an honor to be able to take you out to dinner. And if she says no to that, maybe coffee for 15 minutes. I just want to have a few minutes to sit down and talk to you and get to know you better. And if by the grace of God, she does agree to go out on a date with you, show up on time. Okay? Okay. And don't text her to come out when you pull up. I'll tell you guys straight up, if if a guy ever comes to my house and texts one of my daughters to come out for a date, she won't come out. I will. Okay? And he'll need to go see a colonoscopy or whatever to get that phone back. He'll be texting when he farts when I'm done with him. Greet her at the door, single guy. Greet her at the door. And when she appears, realize that she's tried on at least 17 outfits before that date. And you better tell her she looks beautiful when you see her. And then open a car door for her and have a date planned. Have it planned. Don't look at her and say, duh, what would you like to do? Single women, if a guy ever picks you up on a first date and says, duh, what do you want to do? Say nothing with you and get out of the car. Because obviously, you weren't important enough for him to think about what he wanted to do on that date, okay? But single guy, have the date planned, take her out to dinner, pay for it, and actually talk to her and get to know her. And then at the end of the date, take her home with no strings attached, walk her to the door, say goodnight, and then go to your car and pray to God for the opportunity to take her out again. That is how you find a godly wife. Single guys, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Step up and be the man of God that he's calling you to be. And I just got to say this. One of the biggest barriers, I think, for some of you single guys is a lust problem. I think for some of you guys, that is the biggest problem. And you need to deal with those issues. If we as a church can help you to deal with those issues... Let us know, because let me tell you something about the godly single women who are a part of this church community. They are not sitting in their room at night praying to God, dear God, please send me a boy who plays video games all day long, doesn't have a real job, lives in his parents' basement, and is addicted to pornography. And if you're a church person, that might offend you, but I'm offended with the church being the Christian prom where everybody pretends that these kinds of struggles aren't real. And there are many men who struggle with this. So we're going to be real, and we will be a place that talks about these things. And if you need help, ask for help. There's some men's groups that you can get plugged into, and we can get you help. Make a change. So, guys, let me ask you a question. If God gave you your dream girl today, would she say, thank you, Jesus, or why me, Lord? What would she say? You need to figure that out. Married guys, do you want to know if you're actively pursuing your wife? Do you want to know? Ask her this question. This would be a great question to ask on a date night with your spouse. How am I doing as a husband? How am I doing as a husband? Um, I asked my wife this question 15 years ago, and it changed our marriage. I thought she was going to say, You are the greatest of all time, my spicy curry stud. She surprised me. She said, You're a good man who loves our kids and I think loves me, but you don't really seem to have any time for us. The church always comes first. Wow. Like that was a wake up call. That was a big wake up call. And I made changes to the way I handled work and our marriage and our family. As I shared with you last week, we even did some marriage counseling. Men, it's up to us to love and pursue our wives and follow the example that Jesus gave with his bride, the church. And men, let me just also say this. We are called by God to also lead our families spiritually. Did you know that? You're scripturally called by God to lead your family spiritually. I'm tired of seeing men who are more focused on their kids' sports than their spiritual walk. Well, my kid's awesome at soccer that's great. Where do you want them to be in their walk with Jesus 10 years from now? Where do you want your grandkids to be in their walk with Jesus 50 years from now? Far too many men prioritize other things over God, and then they come to church when a crisis hits their family, and things have gone off the deep end, and they say, pastor, can you please help me fix this? And we love you. And we will do our best as your church community to help. But in the back of our minds, you know what we're thinking? Wish you had come here with consistency five years ago. Wish you had been apart five years ago. So men, how are you leading your families? How are you leading them? Do you pray on a regular basis for your spouse and kids? Do you pray with them? Well, that's easy for you. You're the pastor. It's not easy for me. It's not easy. I speak to you guys on Sunday, and then I go home to be a spiritual leader, and it's hard because my wife and children are not impressed with me. They've heard all of my terrible jokes, okay? They know all my faults and all my flaws. They've seen me at my worst. So it's hard to sit down with them to be a spiritual leader and pray, to confess my wrongs, to ask for forgiveness. Men, do you pray for your family and with your family? Because let me tell you something. If you have kids, your kids would rather you prayed with them than anybody on earth. One of the greatest times I have is taking my kids to school in the morning. And if I forget, they remind me, Dad, can you pray about this today? Can you pray about this test coming up? Can you pray about this relationship situation? They, they have a hunger for it. Man, are you going to be a spiritual leader in your home? Number three, last one, number three, no matter what you need, no matter what you need. I said at the beginning of the sermon, sometimes it's hard being a man. We want to love, we want to provide, we want to protect our families. And that's hard sometimes. Those of you who know me well, you know I like to joke around that Julie and I reverse a lot of traditional male and female roles in our relationship. Like if if something goes wrong with our car, um, I'll get out and I'll lift the hood and pretend like I know what I'm doing, but like the engine could be missing and I, I wouldn't have a clue Julie, on the other hand, has a fully stocked pink tool belt, and she knows how to use it. Okay? She's like MacGyver. She could build an engine with a toothpick and a stick of gum. But when we first started dating, um, I, I asked her, I said, what do you want for Christmas? And she said, I want a, a cordless DeWalt drill and a reciprocating saw and to go see an NFL football game. And I was like, I am in love with you, was my response to that. But, but the one big man job that I have in our family is killing bugs. That is the one kind of traditional man job. I have all the women in my house, my daughters, um, my mom. They all hate bugs. Now, I hate them too, but again, this is my one man job, so I've got to hold on to this to keep my man card. And and so this one time I I walked into our bedroom, which was in our basement in our old house, um, and I saw this chilling on the wall. If you don't know what that is, you are blessed, okay? That is called a house centipede. And the one I saw was about six inches long. And it looked at me and it was like, what's up, dog, what you gonna do? And then it crawled down behind a pile of laundry in our bedroom. So I had some options at that point. Option number one, walk away and stay silent, which I seriously considered. Option two, find it and kill it, which I did. Sometimes it's hard being a man. It's hard being a father. How many of you men here today have a daughter? Can you raise your hand? Keep them up high. Look around the room. These are people who could crush you if you ever messed with their child. I know moms are the same way with their sons, but dads and their daughters have special, a special relationship. Special relationship. Men, guess what? Your mother, your sister, your daughter, your wife, single guys the young lady you want to date, guess whose daughter they are? They're God's daughter. They're God's daughter. Ephesians 5 verse 26 says this, tells us to do this, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So men, after a conversation with us, the women in our lives should walk away feeling radiant without a stain or blemish. Your words to her matter. We need to be very careful with the words we speak to her and about her. See, a man of God builds the woman in his life up with his words. He does not tear her down. Single women, if you're with a man who constantly makes fun of you and talks down to you, please break up with him. Please break up with him because it's only gonna get worse after you get married. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman who's the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. In this passage, God calls men to understand their wives and the women in their lives. But wouldn't that take a lifetime, pastor? Exactly. God knew that marriage was meant for a lifetime. Some women don't like this verse because it says women are the weaker vessel. Women, that's not a knock on you. That's just saying your husband can probably bench press more weight than you can. Because biologically, men are designed to be physically stronger. But this verse says that you're an equal to him. That you are also an heir to the grace of life. That means you're a daughter of God. You're a daughter of the king of the universe. And it also indicates that you're precious and that you're valuable. Notice God says, honor your wives so your prayers may not be hindered. Men, when you disrespect and attack the women in your life with your words, God says it will actually affect your prayer life and the effectiveness of your prayer life. Why? Because God, like any father, doesn't want someone messing with his little girl. God doesn't like it when you mess with his daughter. So men, one of the things you need to understand is that your words carry emotion. With women. You know, two men in this church might get in an argument, and it could result in a fist fight in a parking lot. And five minutes later, those two guys would be like, Man, that was so dumb. Sorry about that. Let's go to Panera Bread. And they'd become best friends for life. Sometimes two women get in an argument, they could still be mad at each other at the gates of heaven. What's she doing here? I thought she'd be in hell, right? But words carry emotional significance to many women. After an argument, they need time to process. So men, we have to be conscious of the words that come out of our mouth. We have to be conscious of the words we speak to the women in our lives. I've shared the story with you guys before, but in one of my not-too-memorable dad moments, I came home tired from a day at work, and I went to the kitchen table to sit down, and it was a mess. There was newspapers, um, uh, there was all kinds of markers and sharpies and construction paper and scissors and just like trash everywhere. And I was like, what is all this trash at the table? Can't I just come home from work to be able to sit down and eat at a clean kitchen table? And my eldest two daughters, Liberty and Lexi, who were like seven and five at the time, they they got up crying and they ran off to their room. And my wife gave me a dirty look before going after him, and she said, oh, that was the I Love My Daddy art project they've been working on all day to show you. I screwed up. I'm not perfect. Man, I told you, I'm in this with you. But our words and our actions to the women in our life matter. They matter. Now, we're going to close the service in about a minute. And women, I started today by by telling you that this was a message for all the men today. But I want to end the service by speaking directly to all of you wonderful women. As a pastor for over 20 years now, I have seen many young women physically harm themselves through eating disorders, through self-harm like cutting. And the underlying issue is that they don't see value in themselves. I've also counseled adult women in abusive relationships, And the reason they often stay in those relationships is because they don't feel like they're valuable. Women, I want you to listen up this morning. Every eye up, you are custom designed by the king of the universe. You are custom designed. And he calls you his daughter, his princess. You're valuable, you're precious, You matter so much. Some of you grew up in a crappy home. Maybe you're even told you were an accident. No, miss, you were born on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose in this life. Why? Because the creator of the universe loves you and put you here. You are priceless. You are a daughter of the living God. Before you were even born, God knew every bad decision you would make in your life. And yet, he still made you anyway. And he also arranged for the payment of all of your sins through the blood of his son, Jesus. You're priceless. But pastor, I look in the mirror and I hate what I see. My house is a disaster. My kids are running wild. My relationships are a wreck. I have a past. I don't feel very valuable. In Christ, you're a daughter of the king of the universe. And so daughters of God, my prayer for all of you is that you would hold on to your true identity in Christ, that you would know who you are. And men, my prayer for you is that you would treat all the women in your life with love and honor and respect, worthy of their position, that you would follow the example that Jesus gave with his bride, the church, and truly be men of God. Can we pray this morning together? With heads bowed and eyes closed. Heavenly Father, I I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would speak to our hearts. God, thank you for being the God who didn't focus on your rights, but instead you focused on your responsibility and you laid down your life to save us all. Thank you for being God who doesn't love us based on performance, but you love us based on position as sons and daughters. Men, some of you have been challenged today. God is calling you to step up and to become the man of God he wants you to be. Some of you need to take a look at the woman you love and tell her, no matter what it takes, I'm choosing to love you forever. Some of you need to give some stuff up so you can draw closer to God. And some of you need to start treating all the women in your life with honor and respect. Women, some of you are struggling with identity. You're struggling with your view of yourself. God, I pray that you would help these incredible women, these daughters of the King, to start seeing themselves the way you see them, that they are priceless, that they were created on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose in this life. As we continue to pray this morning, I want to speak to the person in here who maybe... Maybe this is the first time that they have an understanding that there's a God who loves them like that. A God who's ready to meet them right where they are. Who looks at them not based on performance, but who he's calling them to be adopted into the family as a son or daughter of the king. And and if that's you this morning, and your thought is if there is a God like that, that is a God that I can follow. I want to give you the opportunity today to make a decision of faith and to receive Jesus as your Savior, to transfer your faith off of yourself and what you've done onto a Savior who died for you because he views you as being that valuable. And so if you're here this morning and that's you, and maybe your heart's beating really hard in your chest right now, I want you to be really bold and just take a second and raise a hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I need Jesus in my life. If there's a God who loves me like that, I need him in my life. Praise God to see that. I believe, again, this is the greatest decision you could ever make in your entire life. So I'll ask one more time. If you know you need God in your life and today you're ready to take that first step into a relationship with Jesus, will you be bold and say, that's me. I need him need him in my life praise God see that as well let me pray for you guys this morning there's nothing magical about these words It's just a way to communicate right now what God is speaking your mind your heart maybe you're even afraid to lift an arm up today but right now your chest is just pounding that's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you he's ready for you to move would you pray God thanks for loving me Thanks for meeting me right where I'm at. God, I'm not perfect. I've messed up my life at times. But today, I want to move my faith off of myself. And I want to move it onto to my Savior, Jesus. I believe Jesus willingly died for me on the cross. And he rose again. He's the Son of God. And I transfer my faith onto my Savior, my risen Savior. God, help me to walk with you. Help me to know what that even looks like day by day, step by step, for the rest of my life. I'm no longer mine. God, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray.